the other kids with the pumped up kicks, you better run, better run, faster than my bullet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that, of course, is foster the people. And if it's what I cry out at the top of my lungs to no one in particular uh, while making delicious smoothies at home with my magic bullet, then this must be Dale Radio. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have a good time here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And uh, this week, once again, loyal listeners, uh, you, you, you'll notice by your keen ear detection that I am once again a little bit far from our little Gowanee. Uh, I'm in that beautiful city by the bay, my old stomping grounds. Uh, San Francisco, and I'm coming to you from the fifth floor of the uh, storied Fairmont Hotel uh, in Knob Hill, one of the more unfortunately named <laughs> neighborhoods in this great city, but uh, at least it's not the tender knob. So uh, uh, why am I out here in San Francisco? Well, uh, I, uh, you, you may recall uh, about a year ago or so, I was uh, invited to perform for some some grant makers, some good-looking gals in comfortable pants and colorful scarves. And uh, I knocked them dead, and I thought, well, it's that time again. I'll come out. They're going to do the conference. They better, they probably need old Dale to entertain them. So I got on a flight, and I got out here. And uh, it looks as if that the showcase I was counting on has been scrapped in favor for a three-hour spoken word performance. And, uh, I, I mean, I couldn't be happier. One, it takes a lot of pressure off of me. Uh, and uh, two, I love spoken word because I think the only thing better than one person talking is is two or three people saying the same things uh, in a progressively, uh, you know, sort of cacophonous and uplifting uh, a, a way uh, when they're talking about the very basic activities of their lives. Uh, for instance, <laughs> I forgot the phone charger. There, in my suitcase, how will I ever find it again? There, there is a Best Buy uh, electronics vending kiosk. Anyway, I'm not a great spoken word performer, but you understand what I'm saying is that these, these young people do it, and they do it great, and I don't know anybody that doesn't enjoy just that, that progressive uh, uplifting. It's just talking. They're just saying words about their own life, and it's inspiring. And uh, I said, I said, well, I better do a podcast because <laughs> that's basically what I do. So anyway, that's what it is. And of course, it was my birthday yesterday. Thank you for all the cards and letters. The the hotel room here is full of flowers and 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 gifts. And uh, you all are just the best listeners. I appreciate that. But of course, that means that Old Dale was uh, <laughs> saddled with the the after effects of the. Bartender's whimsy, which is what I uh, what I ordered last night at the old Comstock saloon. They say, well, it's right on the menu. It said bartender's whimsy. I said, well, that's it. I'm going to roll the dice. Uh, I'm going to take it. Uh, I tell you what I like is is uh, bourbon or rye. And they came back. I said, just make sure there's no citrus. They said, well, here's something. It's got a burnt orange peel in it. <laughs> Good listeners down there. And the, the whimsy doesn't uh, take into account any of the requests. But it was a, a good time, and um, I've been uh, nursing quite a hangover for the better part of the day. So, uh, of course, you know the best hangover cure is spending time with uh, talented, good-looking people. 
that or a raw egg and a root beer chaser. <laughs> and I'm lucky to have had both here today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, give a warm welcome with your ears uh, to my guest tonight, Michelle O'Murth. <laughs> Michelle, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great, welcome to the program. And thank you for uh, taking me up on my offer. I sent you a note, and I said, well, how about you meet me at the bar? You met me, and then you came up to the room to do a, to do a recording. That's uh, a pretty successful way uh, to, to, to meet people and uh, to, to re record a successful podcast. So thank you. Or and the beginning of a Law & Order episode. <laughs> either way, it makes for some kind of entertainment for some people. So, uh, and uh, despite, the, despite my... Uh, my hope that I would avoid any alcohol. You're a bit of a whiskey enthusiast, and uh, we're pairing the podcast tonight with uh, some glasses we smuggled up from the bar. <laughs> and they're Rebels. full of uh, smoky. I've got a Macallan 12, and what do you have? I have a Lagawan. A little bit well, peaty. It is a little peaty, eh? Lagawan? You know, I don't know why I don't order that. <laughs> why? It's just tough for me to say. I never know. It's like some people, you don't exactly remember their names, so you just say, hey. Or hey, you. Or hey, you. That's how I feel about the Lagawellen. You just got to jump into it. I also think about Doug Llewellyn from the People's Court. <laughs> just brings you back, and it's it just really too much. I, I enjoyed that program quite a bit. But anyhow, uh, Michelle, uh, a lot of people say what's in a name, and uh, Michelle O'Murth, it really does describe you, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? You are uh, like the old Irish pranksters, full of Oh, very, very prankster. Yes, indeed. But that's not, that's, it wasn't your given name. No, it was not. Not even a little bit. Are you part of a witness protection program? No, but there is an espionage connection. Well, tell me more. <laughs> very, very loose. Uh, when I went to university, it was the beginning of the internet. And our school decided to provide everybody with email addresses. And they made you use your entire full name. And for some reason, not that I'm doing anything nefarious or had any plans to come spy, although I read a lot of Robert Ludlum. <laughs> sure, the great. Other, yep. the, other, the other espionage books in my youth. I just felt like I needed to have a secret email. So I. Uh, Most teenagers were fascinated by <laughs> Ludlum, I think. Is, uh, At some point, before the <laughs> movie. Sweet Valley High. And then <laughs> Ludlum right in the <laughs> middle there, right, right in the middle. middle. Sweet then spot. Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> And probably uh, a Tropic of Cancer. Tropic of Cancer. I think, that's a, I think it's, a, it's a round, round <laughs> education. That's a, that's a good one. Yes. So uh, you, The you, Twilight Books of the Youth. You decided to be, isn't that what they were? You, uh, you, so you decided to be a spy with your email address. Well, I just thought that I should have, an, I didn't know what I was thinking, that I was going to do something nefarious or secret, or. but I just was really upset that my whole name was in my email address right. when I only had like four other friends who had email. And so when I came up with that, I was trying to think of a word or uh, a phrase to have my personal secret email with the hotmail. And I decided uh, Euphrosini, who was the Greek grace of mirth, Euphrosini at hotmail.com. Yeah. But then I still would have to have my name because I still require that you put something for your name. And at the uh, time, I felt very devious because I wasn't using my real name. Well, <laughs> and, and, and the, the internet was young. It was full of possibility. <laughs> They were telling us we could be whoever we wanted to Tom be. Tomfoolery, shenanigans. Oh, and I felt like I was really kind of a lawbreaker, because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that everyone did it then. Uh, I made my name Grace O'Murth because 
Euphrosyne was the Greek grace of mirth. And then it sort of stuck. I actually answered to grace, and I used grace as my secret name at Starbucks. But that's a whole different... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I don't like to walk around with my name on a cup for strange people. After one time, someone says your name after saying it off the cup. And then you go, because uh, uh, you don't know how you don't know them, or if you maybe mistook them for somebody. Right. Uh, then you start using the fake name, and you feel kind of protected. Well, I'm glad you really thought it through when it comes to ordering a coffee. <laughs> the people at Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks had a secret name. We were just over there by that, that place. That is, remember, it started off as, uh, well, it, this is a bit of a side story, I guess, but uh, you know, Starbucks at some point got a little bit nervous about its reputation. They wanted the Circadia or something. They opened up a restaurant. They did the kind of secret, doesn't have any branding on it. No, it it. wasn't a branding, although it was clearly a Starbucks. (laughs) And everybody said, hey, that's just a Starbucks. And they said, oh, you're right. And then they put the Starbucks sign out. It was kind of a funny uh, thing that happened right right around the time that you're talking about with the whole internet explosion and whatnot. Before uh, Google. Pre-Google, PG, yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, But as I mentioned, so Michelle, Grace, whichever it is, uh, I'm not sure who I'm talking to. <laughs> Yo, mirth stuck. <laughs> Yo, mirth stuck. And uh, it's true, and I think it does kind of represent you well, because you are someone who uh, pursues joy in so many different avenues. And, uh, and let's talk about one that's dear and near to my heart, which is your, your love of a fine whiskey. Yes, you were just yes. at a kind of a whiskey festival. Is that what it yes, is? Yes, I was. A fifth annual whiskey fest in San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. What, what's, what's the kind of thing that happens there? They just, they, you pay a little fee to get in? You pay a little fee to get in. All right. And then, then they just let it flow? A room filled with 250 different spirits. Variations the people of, or the... Uh... Well, I can't, it is a very, a very old location. Well, they, say this hotel, hotel. they say this hotel is haunted. This hotel, the Palace Hotel, it's a lot of, you know, there's been some stuff that happened in San Francisco. Yeah. Little shakes, a little this, a little that. Have you been down to the Tonga Room here? Yes, I have. Because they do the, the indoor storms. Yes, they do. Uh, and it sounds very exciting the first time you hear someone says, brainstorm inside, that's crazy talk. Yep. But then you realize it's just your father's rubber hose with holes in it. You, you know what I call a, a haunted indoor rainstorm? What do you call it? A shower. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me taking a shower. I say, oh my gosh, where where did that come from? The magic button on the wall. <laughs> the things sneak up on me just on my own body. I'm surprised every time. But uh, the aging process. So the whiskey festival, you get around some uh, good-looking people in there. Uh, well, it depends at what time you're talking about. <laughs> it's a three-hour <laughs> festival. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> So you have 250 different kinds of, of spirits and whiskey. Yeah, there's a, they isolate the non-whiskey spirits to the back corner of the room. Sure. So they Why have are some they even there? Why are they even there? I, I don't for, care. For amateurs. For amateurs right. who are scared to kind of venture oh, well. through the rest of the room. But they have lectures, they have guided tastings, and then they have a huge ballroom that's the whole bottom floor of the Marriott that's just back and forth aisles of... Uh, Pretty much everything you could possibly want to try in the whiskey world. And uh, uh, but the different distillers get together for this. They have uh, one in Chicago, one in New York, and they have one in San Francisco. Um, uh, it's been I think it's been five years. They have another event that's in um, April. It's called Whiskeys of the World, which is on a boat, which seems 
reckless. Ooh, but uh, <laughs> if you're curious about scotch or you like scotch or rye, it's nice to walk around. You get to kind of pick the brains, people who actually make it and represent it, and you can try as much as you want. And so what was your takeaway there? What did you... Not sad, who you went home sad with. Sad liver. <laughs> a, a sad liver is what you get. But did you learn anything about it? Like a special kind of oak? Oh yeah, we. I had a I had a guided tasting of Glen Morangi with the um, the director of the distillery, who is an uber uber very awesome nerd who told us all about the different kinds of oak they used to make the barrels and how they take these bourbon barrels or these whiskey barrels from Jack Daniels and uh, most barrels are fired. Mm-hmm. which creates an aggressive flavor. Mm-hmm. So they like to put a little smoke in their barrels, so it still has the smoky texture on the inside that's mm-hmm. going to give it the caramel uh, color and flavor, but it's not as aggressive as the fire barrels. Well, it's a nerd's paradise. Well, a well, nerd whiskey lover's paradise. I, well, you've, you've lit the fire in my barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about it. That, uh, that sounds great. Boy, are you tempted to make any of your own? Actually, I just I have a friend who's found this small barrel home batch system who just tried it and said it turned out really well. I've got a sample at home to try, so I might do it. I might do it. I, I like to – I'm more of a what Orwell called the brain workers. Sure. <laughs> so I like to pay people to do things for me. So, you know, oh, hey, I'll go in the store and buy that. But I think this is something that I might venture into this one time just to see. Well, you let me know. I will pass it on. It's like a hundred dollars. You've got a barrel of scotch well, in your house. It's I not think a bad that's thing. That's pretty good. We can get a nice Gowanus blend. Or something. <laughs> oh, I think we could. I think we could. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be exciting. Uh, and so, and, and then you also have you. And what are you trained in? Where, 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 first of all, where'd you grow up? I'm a military brat, so I actually grew up in Germany, Japan, England, and San Antonio. You heard that right? Oh San Antonio, Texas. Wow, you had a lot of fun down there. Yeah, I did. Riverwalk. <laughs> That's what they talk about down there, isn't it? <laughs> down there, so and got, the Alamo. And the Alamo. Yeah, don't forget that. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's so you've had such a, an interesting sort of cultural mix and, to, and a cultural exposure uh, uh, to this. I like to think so. The best, the best of both worlds. I didn't have to actually be in the military, but I got to travel to lots of lovely places. Right. And so you grew, you grew up on the base most of the time? Most of the time, but usually um, most places you really interact with the people. It's, it's up to you how you interact with the people and mm-hmm. the culture that's around you. I won a second place in an abacus contest. <laughs> 16-year-old Bon Vivant and Abacus winner. Well, I'm very honored to have you on the show. You're the first uh, Abacus prize winner. Silver, but still (laughs) impressive in archaic math systems. Yeah, yeah. Let's figure that was probably a big big pool, so (laughs) of the four people competing, it's not nice that you made, you know, second. Oh, God, the clicking must have just been incredible in that. Uh, yeah, it's actually a little bit like Iron Chef or Chopped. You have to put your hands up at the end. Uh, <laughs> it's very dramatic. Vi- very little, like the, <laughs> those two. I bet. Oh, it's a competition. You sweat, there's stress, there's math. Oh, my God. Well, those are all the things that I like. Uh, <laughs> math and sweat and stress. Well, you were a popular kid then, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, right up there on uh, the third tier. <laughs> Between the Ludlum and the Abacus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quite. And that's not even including like the Spock and the other stuff. <laughs> and, uh, 
Oh, right. glasses. Yeah. You were saying you were, you had a bit of a, a crush on Spock. Spock was my first crush when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. You, 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 logic appeals to you, obviously. <laughs> logic and also that he's really smart because if you watch the old episodes, obviously you're not going to go with, you know, Johnson who goes off with the away team in his red shirt and never comes back. No, no, no. That's, that, <laughs> and then that's you like Mac- whiskey on a boat. It's <laughs> <laughs> not wise. It's not a good idea. <laughs> that whole thing is full of red shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's Targets a red, on their that's chest. That's a red shirt festival. And then you had um, McCoy and Kirk, who were always kind of screaming like girls and running around. They could never make a decision. Spock would kind of come in calm and collected, handle things, handle his scandal. And then if something got bad, Vulcan hold. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. He could back up the, uh, <laughs> the, the braininess with some real, with just <laughs> pinpointed violence. You're not going to mess with Spock. You're not no, going to mess with Spock. No. Well, I've always, uh, I'm, a, I'm an FOS, uh, <laughs> I'm a friend of Spock, <laughs> as it were, so I'm, uh, I'm uh, pleased to, to hear that and uh, develop. Who was your second crush? Ooh, I think that's probably a boy in fifth grade. Oh, well, <laughs> we wish him well, too. A cold, cruel logic <laughs> who for didn't, that young Who didn't boy. realize that, <laughs> he didn't that know. girl, that nerdy girl behind him. If only he had worn some kind of colorful jumpsuit. <laughs> it would have been... The wrong Star Trek. <laughs> what? <laughs> Blue shirt, because he was a member of the science team, and yeah. black flat front pants. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That was colorful. <laughs> yeah, jumpsuit is a whole well, different uh, connotation. <laughs> that's a little belt from the side. And <laughs> Oh, well, to me, those are all people in jumpsuits and shit. <laughs> that's the future Star that's Trek. That's very unflattering. That's just me. That's how I think about future. Ah, oh, it's just kind of jumpsuits. Just jumpsuits and ships. But then question, where are the fat people? <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. So I'm not wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> I don't know, but I better get some kind of elastic deal. <laughs> when I made get of Spanx or something. <laughs> right? I guess that would be, yeah. Well, I don't know. They, they, uh, maybe a topic for another time. Maybe a different, yep, yeah, well. There's an opportunity scary, there, though, to scary explore Scary future, someday. though. Huh? No more, no Texas in future. <laughs> There's a, quite quite a bit of our current day existence would be wiped out by that, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Slim jumpsuit requirement. <laughs> well, maybe they just have a lot of subways in space. <laughs> the store, not the uh, not the not the transportation device. You just eat those sandwiches, and there you just go. Slim, slim to your jumpsuit. But well, anyhow, but you also you do this other thing, talking about the future, the present, the past. That's what we're all coming together here on the show. But you also do a lot of work with the uh, San Francisco Sketch Festival. Yes, I do the Sketch Comedy Festival. That's Sketch, sketch Festival, and that's been. You said you went to every one for the past ten years. Yes, I have. And this is the tenth year, tenth anniversary. It was tenth year in uh, in January. Well, that's got to be a good uh, a good time. Then you enjoy them when I. <laughs> What do you do for them? I'm sort of a factotum. I am the uh, <laughs> theater manager and volunteer coordinator. I'm either either sorry or incredibly uh, proud. <laughs> <laughs> so you coordinate everything on the, on the make sure the thing runs. Uh, I manage the primary theater and I get volunteers for all the events. That's kind of you get to go to some good parties, I bet too. <laughs> you get to see some good comedy. Yeah. Well, those comedians are good, good people to hang around with, <laughs> not uh, lacerating themselves or being not at all, being not too, at all, uh, not even slightly being too upset. Sometimes <laughs> they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and you like to think, boy, that'll be a lot of fun to hang out with, and then 
Until yeah, you get you, off stage. Then, then it's all just anger and mishigas, and what are you going to do? I'm not your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Something I've had to say, too. But, uh, <laughs> well, listen. Uh, and But you got to do something with the Muppets, too. Is that right? I didn't get to. I got to sit next to and guard two hot dog Muppet puppets. <laughs> I'm telling you, Michelle, if, if there weren't people out there listening who were envious of your life. No, gems. Just it's you... like that all the time. <laughs> Hot dog Muppet puppets. <laughs> and then I got to see the show, which is uh, run by Jim Henson's son, Brian. Yes. And it's uh, hilarious. They have all these great old sketches that they um, film bits. They show with Frank Oz and Jim Henson. And they do all this stuff with a lot of kind of audience participation, participation, but not the annoying kind where you... <laughs> Someone jumps next to you Never in the right. audience. Ah, well, you catch doing that. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually a really great two hours, a really great show. That's great. Well, I had the opportunity to, to meet Heather Henson, one of the daughters of, of Jen. Trying to one-up me. And, uh, well, I didn't get any uh, hot dog Muppet puppets near me, but uh, she's a delightful gal, and I wish her well. And uh, I know she's... Uh, uh, maybe we'll have her on the show or something too. Yeah, sometime. you should. But, you should. Uh, it's a great. It's a great family. Well, you know, I, of course, I, I watch a lot of the uh, uh, of the Muppets now, uh, because well, at least with the Sesame Street component of it, because uh, <laughs> my niece Katrina's baby, baby Pepsi, uh, just loves uh, loves. Pepsi loves Muppets. I can see that. She loves the Elmo and the Grover. And, uh, they've. Anyhow, I, I spent a lot of time with him, and I bet she'd be jealous of your, of your, of your. Uh, you want to say it again, don't you? Of your hot dog, <laughs> Muppet puppet proximity. <laughs> I think I'll be saying that for a while. They were in a glass case. <laughs> oh my, that's even stranger. <laughs> to prevent them from being being you know, handled, handled and stolen, manhandled, stolen. You really don't want to. Uh, you don't want to rough up the felt. Breathed on too closely. Yeah, no. Protected those they hot pick dog up. Muppet puppets. Well, you, you're, you were the person for the job, though. I, I, know. <laughs> I, think, I think they made a wise choice in having me involved. Now, what, now what happened? You got a binder clip. What happened with that binder clip right there? Because <laughs> I didn't notice it when you came into the bar, and then you said you didn't compliment me on the binder clip. <laughs> and it is a very I beautiful... had a, uh, like a level three wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say a built tragedy. That sounds like right, two, you right. know. Uh, but it was a belt tragedy yes. where I thought someone was trying to like kind of pinch my butt or something, and it turned out my belt was falling off. <laughs> and this binder clip is, is keeping it together. <laughs> and it happens to match my clothes. I feel well, like. that's the most impressive part about it. I mean, one that you had the uh, you know, ingenuity to grab an office. Ingenuity. That's I think the word that we would all to, use to put it there. And I'm sure that comes from your training uh, with with math and logic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, exposure to a great many cultures. Yes, yes. But the fact that it matches, it's really, uh, I, I think you're, you're on to something. You're already setting trends, both in fashion. <laughs> Binder clip trends. When and, you see it on the runway, you know where you heard it first. And with, uh, with <laughs> e-greetings. Uh, but, but beyond, that's what they, that, that was the company that voted you a hot trend, right? Fall trend. Fall trend. For logophiles. Use For logophiles, use of words. And that's because of this new enterprise that you have that I couldn't be happier and more excited thank about. You, thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. Gobsmacked cards 
That was just gobsmacked. Gobsmacked greetings. Gobsmacked greetings. You used a little alliteration there. To I get. did. I like to get you going. And that, and uh, I started talking about this earlier, but you have some kind of drama, dramaturg. I have a degree uh, in dramaturgy. Degree. I was, uh, when I went to university, I started off doing art history. And then when I started, went to transfer to a four university, I was trying to think, like, what could I do with the least chance of financial remuneration? And I thought, let's get a degree in theater, but something that no one knows about in theater besides theater people. And let's get a minor in the philosophy department. In religious studies, not because I'm religious, but because I think it's interesting. And now you see what it's... That was a beautiful career path, wasn't yeah, it? It was just obviously well thought out. Logic failed you. <laughs> Logic failed you spent me. your whole life. Sorry, to... Spock. Sorry, Spock. <laughs> you were devoted to it, and you, it, it's kind of pushed you away. Sometimes we have to go towards the thing, which is our, our opposite, isn't it? Well, and we so, always chase the ones that. So run you're away. in the dark hole of dramaturgy. <laughs> Turgy. <laughs> Turgy. Turgy, which actually does lend itself to gobsmacked because one of the components of being a dramaturg is doing research, and one of the things I love to do is to delve into a topic and then find information about it and then bore people um, with my interpretation of it. <laughs> and I've just found a way to condense well, that into card form. And so, and you gave me some of them, and I put them uh, here. Let me grab it. You tucked them away so they'd I be safe. Them away. This uh, lends a certain uh, verite to the podcast when I walk away and come back. How Louis uh, Mall of you. (laughs) Now this one, what's the word count on this? A thousand? This has got a lot of words. It's got a lot of words. We had to make the font very small to get all those words words on there. But let me just tell the listener, and you know what we'll do? We'll take a picture of these or something. We'll put them up. Oh, wow. You know, because we put the pictures up. I don't know that anybody ever looks at those pictures, but it takes me <laughs> but they 16 exist. hours to put the pictures. Anyhow, uh, uh, but they're handsome cards, and they're Thank made you. of all recycled products. 100% post-consumer waste. Which is uh, wonderful. But what's, how, about, how, about, how about this? Which one do you want? you want to read one of these? Um, there are... Euphemism? <laughs> six lines. That one's the short one. Plus invites. Yeah, I know you chose the shortest one. It's my lovely speaking voice. Um, lexicon is my love of words. Anecdotes is my love of uh, stories about people. Most of them are old Hollywood stories like Frank Sinatra. Um, half and half is the half empty, half full. Oh, look, now I think I don't know if this is the one. Um, yes, but you know that the, you're having a new baby, but a new way of looking at it. Yes, read that one. Go ahead. <laughs> so this is from Half Empty, Half Full. A half empty, no more crazy nights out with college friends, but still having someone unapologetically throw up on you. Sad. But half full, that newest member is uh, the new, that someone is the newest member of your family. Welcome to your new baby. There you go. It's yes. kind of a kind of a flip-flop <laughs> on you. It went a little flip-flop on <laughs> yeah. you. I uh, yeah. started the card line because um, I was tired of finding embarrassing saccharine cards at the store that I would give someone but then have to have the disclaimer of I didn't really yeah, it's got an angel on it and um, but right. happy birthday. Right. Well and they're they're funny, they're Thank witty. Thank you. They're 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 honest in a kind of a brutal fashion, which uh, is My appealing. My forte, yes. Which is appealing. Now I also I read something, and I don't know if you've addressed this with these. You're going to sell these sell these online. Yes, I am working okay, in the store so right now. Okay, so then it doesn't necessarily apply. But they said that thing where the like how a, how a man picks a card <laughs> is the top the top you know third of it better have something that he that he likes. He'll look at it, and then that 
That's the decision. That's, that's, that's the, the decision extent process. Of the, uh, of the consideration. I've done that sometimes. Didn't realize it said, you know, happy retirement or something on the inside. <laughs> so sorry Just for your for, loss. Yeah, we kind of scratch that out. But uh, people don't seem to appreciate when you scratch things out on the inside because it makes you look cheap. Anyhow, these are not cheap. <laughs> Recycled but in a bad way. But they're not unaffordable. You wait, how much does one of these things cost? Four fifty. That's pretty good. But it's 100% post-consumer waste, and it's a local green printer in the East Bay of San Francisco. And they're not something that you'll be embarrassed to give somebody. And, you know, that, what else I like about them is that they're unique. Thank you. And it's not something that you, sometimes you give a card and then you watch the other person open the next card the same card or very well very well very similar but different people made them because there's only so many things to say that's right that's right and it's and, and then you know what i do i throw them out recycle recycle well that's what i mean recycle <laughs> you're in <laughs> san I, francisco whenever so. i say throw out i mean recycle <laughs> of course of uh, course and uh, we also address situations like i hated your ex-boyfriend i'm happy you broke up well, see, that's what I mean. You get into some good, good territory. Single people with it. deserve to have Valentine's, Day, car Valentine's and, Day cards too. And what my point about the throwing it out though is that I, I, I would probably hold on to one of these. Why? Well, thank you. That's in, a lovely In a compliment. way that I wouldn't with other cards. And I'm not. A bookmark? It's not a... that I'm going to throw out all these beautiful cards <laughs> right. that y'all sent me for my birthday. I mean, it's overwhelming. It's. I hope here. you pack these up. Actually, I, I certainly will. And boy, I just hope that my camera doesn't fail before I get a picture. <laughs> Chucked <laughs> in with all those flowers. Uh, all that's these lovely. Roses. You think it was Liza Minnelli's hospital room? And he, <laughs> <laughs> Zsa Zsa Gabor. It's uh, it's quite something, but uh, uh, well, this is great, and and you got the the lines up now at gobsmackgreetings.com. Uh, just at gobsmack.com. Gobsmacked. No e. No e. It's apostrophe d, but you don't need to worry about that when you type it in. Not with the browser. interwebs. Not with the interwebs. So gobsmack.com. And you do other things on there, though, too. It's a, it's a kind of a service site, right? You do well, some I do some freelance writing. When I was in university, I actually didn't have a job. Now, were you in university abroad? Because here, when we, just, when we, we went to college. <laughs> I was in university at the University of Maryland in Munich. Which is, is confusing on a it's number of levels. It's a little bit levels. of both, because yeah. it's an American university that was in Europe. I see, I see. For military brats whose parents didn't want them to go too far away. I gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, and and hello to all of our listeners that are serving in the armed forces. <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> and your bratty kids get to go to Munich, <laughs> <laughs> where they get to experience mimes or something. You're telling me about that yeah, and, yeah, and wild yeah. ferrets. <laughs> but I'm, I'm eager to get there. <laughs> A very diverse community <laughs> in Munich. <laughs> I think I'd take up mime miming if there were. Streets running ferret. rampant with ferrets. Um, <laughs> Maybe not rampant, but you're going to see a ferret. That that's that's unusual. You might see that here in San Francisco. That's true. That's true. I don't spend a lot of time on the streets. No, it's it's a bit of a well. Anyhow, and so and but the, so you do some freelance writing that you can get. You can sign up to have you do something or get in oh, contact all sorts with of you. Stuff. About yeah, it. I used to um, for my first two years of college. Well, it feels better to yeah. say it that way, doesn't it? Uh, I didn't actually have a job. I wrote people's uh, papers for money. Everything. Wait, 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 wait. Tolstoy. People would pay you to write their papers? Yeah. I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> $10 a page, uh, money up front. I never got less than an A-, minus, and I was in Munich. Munich, known for its beer. Well, you... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, I've stunned you. A real uh, well, no. Uh, 
That's why I understand, but I'm starting to understand why you would invent this persona and uh, have these kind of. Uh, Never less than an A minus. You no said you had a plan to be a little nefarious, and I think you've, ca- you've carried it out. Writing a paper on the Gothic cathedral. Cathedral. <laughs> well, these poor kids. I hope they. I hope they're doing okay now that they're not asked any questions about this kind of stuff. What'd you write your paper on? I don't know um, anything about Thomas Hardy. It's all a lie. Michelle wrote it. But now you were also telling me about uh, some dating advice that you wanted to get to get out there. <laughs> I did. I wrote a dating manual for the romantically challenged. Yeah, uh, which about, is many, many of us. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, about ten, maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, I think it was about ten years ago for Valentine. I'd always have these ideas: the Kobarashi Maru, or uh, when you go all Jackson Pollock on somebody, when you start babbling because you like them, you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for two of my friends for Valentine's Day, I made them little booklets on, um, for, for them to give to prospective suitors about how to date them. Oh, and that's then a little that, instruction manual. <laughs> that, you yeah. could, that you could hand out. I put pictures of them on the cover, and I made a oh, 1-800 number, which was my own home phone number to answer any troubleshooting problems you might have on a date. And it sort of evolved into me writing this whole dating manual for the Romantically Challenged. And uh, uh, Ponfar is not romantic to everybody. You must, you, must, you must learn that we all have different ways of interacting. And a lot of people, I think, with that horrible period in the late 90s where we were going out in group dates and people didn't actually date... It's kind of I, I missed a up. lot of that, but I, I um, believe that that is Yeah, a, is so a I think it kind of confused, idea. you know, it's, it kind of messed up how you interact with people and how you read signals. And so there was a large population of people who moved through that period and didn't really know how to pick up signals didn't or to give out set. signals. Yeah. You know, you're kind of stunted. You're like a sea snake on land. You know, they can live, but they're not very fast. Right. Well, in that time, I was married to my wife, Ginny, and I feel like <laughs> the, the same times. thing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so now I could use a manual like that. But, uh, <laughs> I'll print you out a copy. <laughs> that seems like it should just be something that comes with women. <laughs> but just, it goes uh, both ways. Well, There's sure. a lot of challenged people in our sure. gay communities. Sure. Uh, and absolutely. Our... <laughs> and, and hello to all of our listeners of every stripe. <laughs> and thank you for your service. But... Uh, <laughs> Ask. Don't tell. <laughs> but really, if we all had a little uh, manual, that wouldn't be so bad. I think it would be helpful. We're for all a lot challenged of in some way. Everybody's challenged. You think they're going to be okay when you look at their internet profile, but then they show up. <laughs> <laughs> they show up and they tell you about their dead cat in the freezer. Oh and... <laughs> my goodness! <laughs> it's all shenanigans. We've uh, we have, well, we'll have some stories off air about some of those. Uh, some of those situations. So anything happening with that? Can you still get the manual? or we, we No, it's actually never been published. I, was, um, I went to a local book company, and they thought it was a good idea, but thought that I should do a blog to create um, expertise on the topic. And I think she was a little thrown off because I used Sun Tzu's Art of War uh, to give you strategies to deal <laughs> with the romantically challenged. Oh, Michelle. <laughs> good tips he has some good tips that can be applied I bet, I bet he does in the war of romance so i've actually been working on posts uh, uh for a blog for the dating manual with posts specific posts from the manual with um vocabulary like pulling a jackson pollock or unfocused flirting when you're a party shark when you go someplace by yourself and then you have to kind of 
nibble on groups of people <laughs> circling because you're alone. Everyone else seems to be kind of coupled. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a link on that from my gobsmack. From gobsmack, page. you can get yeah. there. Well, I'm going to check that out. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, you have a Any real... Tips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'll... Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Uh, but uh, and you also are a big glasses enthusiast. You enjoy glasses. I am. Uh, I eye, am. Eyeglasses. My... And regular glass. <laughs> a little bit of both, actually. Myopic and proud. Myopic yeah. and proud. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, have you been over there to the Warby Parker? Did you look at that? The online place where you can, down, you can get glasses from them? It's, I'm kind of old school. I like Dean Martin. I like the Rat Pack. I like that's my what they Scotch got. That's Neat. What they, that's what they got. And I, but the, like this is, I'm ordering them online. I'm confused because I like to go in and try them on. I like no, to try send, spectacles on. But they on. send them to you. You pick out the ones that you want. They send you five at a time. You get them. T- uh, I'm trying to convince them they should become a sponsor for the program. They should become a sponsor because I think I've already been sold. Yeah, I, see how how effective I am. You at are. This. The, you should be the I spokesman. Was, I told them I'd say no, I'd say nothing but fine things about. Yeah, them. that sounds great. I have but, about eight pairs of glasses at home, and I would love to have more. And that sounds. I thought you well, meant that just taking the shopping experience for glasses, and they're just online. No, well, there's that aspect of it too. But but it, if I get five pairs of glasses, well, no. But then you try them on. You send it. You have to send four of them back. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to buy them all, you could buy them all. But potentially, I like well, I, I like glasses. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. They're not giving me any money for it. But I just I just I know that they you're. I, I want they I want should. you to check that out because you I know that you seem to be a fancier of glasses as well. Well, I, I have I have some, and on I the have ladies. my yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I do. I do like a, a, a nearsighted gal <laughs> that benefits everyone involved. <laughs> everyone leaves happy. <laughs> but uh, well, this is this has been great. This has been fun. You had fun. You had I am having a good time. Uh, uh, this uh, good, good. You're well, a charming I, I, host. I wish that you will thank you very much. It's uh, thanks for coming up to the room. Just <laughs> <laughs> happy I don't have to call Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, is that guy okay? Is he going to be all right? See, it always seems like he's like going to have a, a kind of a breakdown on the show. I think that's why we ended the show. All right. <laughs> well, we wish him well. And, we uh, do wish him well. You know, he's probably listening, too. Uh, big fan, big fan. <laughs> well, on gobsmack.com, we'll put the thing up on there, and we'll, we'll get the pictures and all that. And, uh, Michelle, thank you for joining me. Continued success in everything you thank do. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, well, good. I was do a handshake I was going to get that goodbye handshake. No, no, no. you got such nice, soft hands. I give you a handshake. Some kind of lotion on there, I think. But uh, or it's just scotch. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope you have a good rest of your night. Uh, you uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, check that out. Uh, uh, we'll be back again soon. But till next time, uh, I'll, I'll be uh, uh, leaving painfully honest post-it notes <laughs> to myself affixed to my whiskey bottles. Uh, now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Oh, my goodness, a lot of people came together to make this season possible, and my thanks go out to all of them, including the folks behind the season four take on the theme song, originally composed by Steve O'Reilly at Engine Sound. This version is arranged by Lisa Mezzacapa and John Finkbeiner, performed by Lisa Mezzacapa and V.J. Anderson, recorded, mixed, and mastered by John Finkbeiner at New Improved Recording in Oakland, California. Thanks also to the following generous, good-looking, and fun-at-parties friends of the program. 
Nicole Akers, Miranda Banks, Rachel Bears, Stefan Bodeker, Hannah Bowes, The Brain Flutter Foundation, Melissa Broder, Adam Bronstein, Justin Carroll, Tom Carroll, Amy Chang, John Charles, Tanisha Christie, Rachel Turner, Pamela Clapp, Julie Cummings, Amanda Duarte, Emily Elson, Dan Engber, Alex Estrovis, Sidney Erickson Feinstein, Lauren Fitzgerald, Aaron Gabbard, Tanya Glanz, Jay Harlow, Betty Jo Hallett. My goodness, this is a lot of beer. Thank you. This is outstanding. Meredith Hudson, Melissa Yeager-Miller, Steve Lambert, Daniel Lee, Maura Madden, Shauna McGarry, Michelle Meggett, George Nocktree, Peter Nocktree, Susan Newberry, Aaron Nichols, Steve O'Reilly, Ann Philbin, Elizabeth Eva Rossoff, Gabe Roth, Rebecca Rothbaum, Trinidad Ruiz, Jacqueline Skaggs, Shannon Stratton, Joel Tompkins, Karen Weber, Gabe Weiser, Will K. Wilkins, Brian Yeh, and 10 anonymous friends. Thank you all very much.